With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Green flag is in the air. Talladega Super Speedway. Triple overtime here at Talladega. The gloves are off right now. It's time to get this thing done. It's all Noah Gregson leading on the end of the backstretch. Bottom, bottom. Bottom. Come to the checker here. Checker and Noah Gregson across the line, and he will score the win. Yes, sir. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> How good is that? Jason Anderson on the return to Massachusetts. Anderson wins at Foxborough. Faulkner and Lawrence. This was meant to be the season-long head-to-head clash. Faulkner gets the main event win. Lawrence gets the championship. We're on board then with Juan Mir Suzuki, looking back to Jack Miller, who's going to power that Ducati on by here in Portimao, is he? It's a game of chess on the breaks down at the first call. Oh, oh, no! Miller! Miller on the front end, loose to the front, trying to find a way through at the inside. But here comes Fabio Quattararo. It has been picture perfect in Portugal for the reigning world champion. He's the winner of the Tiso Grand Prix of Portugal in utterly dominant fashion. Moto 2 World Championship is go here in Portimount. Oh, he's going. Oh, no, what's oh, up there? Off. The top three men have all gone down. Oh, they're all down. Now they're all going down. It's chaos. That was a horrible sight. All riders conscious then. The race red flagged. It's take two. Smoking Joe Roberts, who wins a first American race in the Intermediate World Championship since 1990. Opportunity knocked, and Joe Roberts answered the call. 29 times this race has been decided by a last lap pass. Kyle Larson, big push. Here comes the big energy. One back, quarterback. Going to have to block. Does it go to the outside? Going to have to. Here he goes. Steaming to the line. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500. Ross just kept it straight. Holy cow. I told you, it's like he just held it straight. He comes sailing through. Come out here and eat some. Crazy weekend of motorsports. Welcome in, everyone. Marty Snyder to NASCAR America Motor Mouse with the dad of Mr. Tickles the Cat and. <laughs> The husband of Mrs. North Carolina, A.J. Allmendinger. All the stuff I said, there's true. That, that is true. Uh, and, yes. that, and that's literally how it happens at intros. I get fans yelling at me, hey, Mr. Tickle's dad or Mr. North Carolina. So yeah. it works either way. Does Mr. Tickle's have more Twitter followers than you? Uh, no, not as many, but I think his love 
They love him more than, than they love me. I, sure. Okay, very good. All right. Yeah. We also welcome in from the Stanford, Connecticut studios, Parker Kligerman. Uh, what's good at home base today, Parker? Forgot one thing for AJ. That was that he was my uh, best sim racing friend growing up and sim racing oh, coach. Oh, really? Is that true? Years. You yeah, sim racing friend? Also lost many races to me when I was just, you know, younger than 16 years old. So... I'd his like to send his accolades are just piling up, Parker. Mr. Yep. Tickle's yeah. uh, dad, and husband. You'll of, be shocked uh, to know this, Marty, that yes. you know, he never stopped talking when he's 12 years old either. <laughs> oh, Parker. Come well, on, now, man. Yeah, but now we Jeez. get paid by the word, so it works out great. <laughs> I was always planning that is awesome. for this. Uh, we do have a television program today, by the way, actually. Eric Jones will be here shortly to join us. You saw him on the last lap there at Talladega. Also, our big man in the middle, Brad Darty, will be here as well. Of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. 844-NASCAR-NBC. We'll get to your calls here in just a little bit. So, AJ, on Monday's show, we put out the social media question, who was the biggest heartbreak from Talladega? I'll ask it another way. Who lost their best shot at Talladega to get a win put themselves in the playoffs because I know a lot of teams come in there saying, hey, this is my best shot between now and Daytona and the end of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you initially immediately go to Eric Jones because he was leading off a of turn four, and you think that that for sure is the guy that probably had the best shot. But they've been running really strong all year, that the GMS Petty team. So I think they're going to have more shots. I would have to say Bubba Wallace because he was running up front. Now there's still Daytona. But, you know, he's really good at super speedway races. He ran up front most of that race, got shuffled in the back of the pack, then obviously got wrecked there down the, uh, the front straightaway. So he had a great shot and, and unfortunately didn't get a finish to show that. Parker, what do you think? I think Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at 47 JTG. Hmm. Daughtry, I mean, I think when you look at that 47 car and him at a super speedway, I put him in my fantasy lineup for that exact thought process. Here's a guy who runs great at super speedways, has a chance to go out there and sort of turn their season around. It's been a very tough start to the season for them. I felt like that was a car to me that – Really, this was a make-or-break race. I look at Justin Haley in that 31 car, being a good at Super Speedway racer. He is. He was in position up there. I felt like this is a chance for him to really, you know, sort of do something great for that college racing team. So those are a couple that just stick out to me because of their past Super Speedway, you know, results, skills that they've shown constantly and to not get it done. When you don't do it at a Super Speedway, AJ, you know this, it's like, there goes another one, right? Like, ah, you know, okay, we just lost. Now there's one less of those that I have a chance at. And I just think that's really frustrating for guys like you put it for Bubba Wallace and, and those that go there thinking it's a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it was always the way I felt at the road courses. Mm. You know, especially when I was in the 47 car, I always felt like that, man, it's either Sonoma or Watkins Glen. <laughs> and there was a lot of pressure there. And, and if it didn't go well, especially – uh, if you didn't win, and, and I felt and at that point there was only two road courses, so you'd leave Sonoma without winning. And it's like, oh my goodness, we got to go to Watkins Glen, and it's mm. all on my shoulders to make it happen at Watkins Glen. So, yeah, there are these races, the super speedway races, especially that there's certain guys that know that this is my shot, and if it doesn't go well, it's a kind of a deflator, and you have to get yourself amped back up, especially to get ready for Dover. Parker, let me throw out another name to you. How about Brad Keselowski? I think obviously they're in a scenario where there's pretty much no points path to the playoffs for Brad after that 100-point penalty. So they've got to win, and it looked like he was in the spot to do it, to be in the top 10 and have a shot at the end, and then he speeds on the last pit stop for the second time of the day. 
I, I think you're just calling out my fantasy team at this point because he was also on my fantasy team. I tried to use a bunch of people that I didn't think others would use or I wouldn't use anywhere else, and he was, of course, one because of what you just pointed out. This was a huge opportunity for Brad Kozlowski, how much success he has had at Talladega, and then just this year, what you look at what they were doing at the Daytona 500, at Speed Weeks, you know, being so fast in that six car, although he basically spun out half the field, it looked like, at that race. It still <laughs> seemed like he was super fast. I was like, if he bring that same type of race car to Talladega, this is a car, if you put him in position and a driver that does so much studying for these races, you put him in position, he's going to find a way to win. But when he sped on that last stop, I was a little disappointed because I had him in my fantasy team, as I said, and I'm in a tight battle there in our, in our, in our uh, league. <laughs> I was like, come on, man, you didn't have to do that. You know, I mean, so I think definitely for that 16, that has to feel like a weekend that got away because they just haven't shown that sort of pace that they showed at the Super Speedways at Daytona earlier this year. How about Kurt Busch? I mean, now I could argue that, you, so you made the point about Eric Jones. There's, they can win at other racetracks this year. I feel like Kurt has run well enough to win at other racetracks, but that was another. He was in a perfect, you know, spot to be able to make a move at the end of that race. Yeah, it, in Kurt's case, like I got enough confidence that I feel like, especially as that team keeps getting stronger with the backing of Toyota, mm-hmm. Kurt, we've seen at any type of racetrack and go out there and, and make it happen. You can almost argue that. Uh, you take out the Daytona 500 that he won. You know, super speedways are, are maybe some of his worst tracks. There's so much luck that goes into that. But I still feel like Kurt can go to a lot of these racetracks and still contend for victories. Uh, to Parker's point, you know, and, and we've, we've found out that all these bad finishes, Parker's just mad because it hurts his fantasy team. It's so nice. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, to, We're in an intense yeah, battle to, here. It's a yeah, to Parker's point, though, with Brad, you could see, like, the, the pressure to speed twice. It, it, to me, it just felt like Brad was pushing harder than he's ever pushed, knowing that, mm-hmm. you know, in the past at Team Penske, he's like, well, I can go to Dover and win next week anyway. They know that they're a little bit behind at some of these racetracks, and that that might have been his best shot, and he made a couple of mistakes doing it. And I think it is fascinating, which you brought up about Kurt, which he is, you know, historically when you look at his finishes, I always find him an interesting one to watch at Super Speedways because he has had success, right, at these racetracks, but he's also had a lot of times where you see, you know, it's just been wrecks or other things he's been involved in, not getting the results. He's not someone I personally would say, okay, that's the guy I'm going to choose to go win a Super Speedway. And so I think when you look at drivers like that, even one that's had such a long career as his, when you see them sort of in position having a good finish – I think it's devastating for a team and a driver like that not to get a good finish because they don't go into those races thinking, you know, this is a chance to win, although they can go other places you mentioned, and they will be fast. When you go to a place like Taudega and you've put yourself in position after all day, you know, through the green fight stops, not making those mistakes, making the right choices through, you know, the pack and making the right drafting lane choices, and then to not get the result, I just think that's always a tough thing, and I think that sort of hurts a team like the 45 a little bit. And so – you know, that's, I think, one of those things where it's a team that you would love to have that positive momentum a little bit from having a good finish at a place like Talladega that can really propel you into going forward and then to have both their cars basically wrecked there at the end up for 2311. I just think that really hurts. So you brought up a very interesting point when you were talking about yourself. You said you would go to Sonoma. You would think, I got to get it done here, and then it wouldn't happen. You go, I, I got to do it at Watkins Glen. Do these drivers – put that same pressure on themselves in the last race of the regular season. This kind of group that we've talked about because they know they went to Talladega in a spot to be able to do it. 
They go to Daytona, last race of the regular season, got to win. Is there even more pressure on those guys now to make it happen in that race? It depends at where you're, you're at in points, really. You know, you look at Eric Jones. I mean, he's just outside the cutoff, and they've been running well. Kurt Busch is the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, if you're still near the cutoff line, you're, you're, not, you're pumping the brakes a little bit. You don't feel that anxiety already building up like, okay, I got one more race to do this. You look at the points there. Even Kurt, minus 25, I mean, mm-hmm. he puts a, a couple of good runs together like we know he can. He'll be back inside that cutoff line. So for those drivers you may not feel that much pressure. Bubba's a little bit further out. So Bubba already might be looking at, man, I'm going to have to win to get in these playoffs. And that definitely deflates you a little bit, not only not winning, but not even getting the finish you deserve coming to the checkered. So, uh, you know, you start over these next few races, figuring out where you're at in points, then that anxiety builds up of, okay, maybe Daytona's the only chance I have. You know, Parker, the other interesting thing is that Atlanta is kind of a super speedway race now. So I think Bubba goes into that race thinking, I can make something happen at Atlanta or Daytona. There's kind of two places I know I can be up front. Yeah, I think you've added basically a whole other super speedway, as you put it. So it's definitely another opportunity for people that go in with a positive mindset to super speedway racing, because that's how I've always thought about it. You know, you can, you can say... You, all the pressures on the line, like we've seen Ricky Stenhouse go into that Daytona before, other drivers outside that cutoff, thinking, all right, this is my opportunity. I've just got to win. It's an opportunity to win. But at the end of the day, when you see successful super speedway racers, whether it's at Daytona or Taudega and now what is Atlanta, you know, I always think it's a mindset thing. And that's going in with the positive mindset of thinking you've done successful things in the past. You know what's made you successful there. You're going to go in there thinking this is an opportunity. It's not a, I have to go there and just sort of make my way through. And so for all those drivers, you know, if you look at that Daytona, I think it really goes down to, though, how did you enter this Talladega? How did you enter the Daytona 500? What was your mentality then? Because if you've not found a way to be positive about going to the Super Speedway racing, you're not going to be successful. And, AJ, I don't know. Have you ever been successful at a Super Speedway thinking, man, what am I doing here? Why am I going to this race? I don't want to be at this race. Like, for me, it's always been you've got to go in there with a super positive mental attitude about how you're going to find yourself (laughs) in the right position come late in the race, whether it's a championship on the line or it's just simply going for a win. Have you not ever been around him at a road course, Mr. Positive? Yeah, no. I mean, Parker, Parker, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just have to slightly disagree with you. I hate super speedway racing with a passion. I hate it. But you know what? At the end of the day, I hate losing worse. So I'm still going to drive it four or five wide through the middle, take a chance, even though I hate it. But when I mentioned the Atlanta thing, like you lit up, you're like, oh, yeah, that's now just pretty yeah, much I, a super you speedway for, yeah, race. You forget about Atlanta. So, yeah, yeah. There, there's another chance. It's a whole it's a whole nother yeah. racetrack now. It's not the old Atlanta. <laughs> it's the new Atlanta. Uh, hey, I know a guy who would love to have that last half lap back at Talladega this past weekend. Eric Jones is here with us here on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Man, Eric, welcome in. First of all, good to see you. Nice to hang out with you. So close. How many times have you replayed kind of that last half lap of the race at Talladega? Well, I, I mean, I've thought it through, but, you know, probably not as much as you would think. Um, you know, I, I've thought back on that race and, and what I could have done different. But, you know, obviously looking back, I would have just held my line and ran the bottom. And I think things would have, would have had a better chance. You know, I think Ross still had a really big run on us there, but uh, would have been interesting to see how it played out. But thought about it a bit, but, you know, kind of moved on now and, and, uh, and think about Dover. Yeah, Eric, looking at Dover and, and, you know, really the the start of this season, 
you know, we were just talking about how, you know, for some drivers, you feel like uh, maybe Talladega was the best shot to win. But you guys have run really strong at a lot of different types of racetracks. It started really with the Coliseum. So how has this organization changed now with the combination of Petty Motorsports, but now with GMS being a part of it, adding a second car, how has that really changed what you saw compared to last year? Yeah, it's, it's been different for sure. I mean, obviously, it was a big move for us in the offseason. We went and moved shops and moved in with uh, GMS up in Statesville. We were over in Welcome on the RCR campus before. So it's been a big change, but we also, um, you know, brought on uh, Dave Ellens in um, the offseason. I think he's brought a lot to our program as well. And so it's just been fun to be a part of, really, this year with the new car. We've had an opportunity to run really well and take advantage of uh, – uh, of what this new car has done and, and really, you know, leveled the field a little bit. And we've been able to do, uh, like I said, run run well at some races with that. So I um, feel like our, our mile and a half program, our super speedway program is really strong. We got some things we can gain, I think, on the short track stuff. So, uh, you know, Dover, I, I see is a bit more of a short track, obviously, the way you kind of approach it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I hope we can go out and run really well and just, just carry the momentum, right? Anytime you run good, whether it's on a a uh, short track or a mile and a half super speedway you want to keep that that momentum going into the next week you have been very impressive eric it's been awesome to see but i gotta step back to talladega i know you want to move forward for a second and ask you about how loose that race car was in those last couple laps i don't know if it felt that way inside the race car but from the outside <laughs> it looked like you were hanging on to that thing getting every bump possible it looked like you so badly wanted to fight you know keep that lead and go and get that win what was it like trying to hold on to that with this next-gen car sort of at the front of the field and just seeing it wiggle around that much. Was it was it that intense in the car? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was uh, it was big corrections, you know, in the steering wheel. I mean, it uh, it was pretty free. It just seems like whatever, with the bumper, the shape of them, however they are, um, that when you try to line up and lock on, the, the pushes just come really hard and really fast. And, and you're trying to work with that guy, too, right behind you. You're trying to uh, help get him locked on and, and give you a good push and give you a good shove. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot. It was a handful there, especially at times when you get on the entry and you're getting pushed and, and getting sideways. And, and, you know, you still don't have a ton of confidence in trying to save the car either. Right now, you still get, you know, see the guys making overcorrections and, and, and making mistakes when you get sideways. So you're still thinking about that a bit in the back of your head. But when you get down to it, you know, you're kind of going for it and, uh, and doing all you can. So, Eric, you guys are in a pretty good spot, 12 points out of the playoff cut line right now. And we've talked about how we feel like you guys can win at other racetracks. So you mentioned the mile and a half. Kind of give us a couple of racetracks you've got circled on the calendar where you say, I feel like we can go there and we can be a car that could potentially not only run top five, top ten, but maybe win the race. I was looking at the schedule actually just today coming up, some tracks we're going to. Darlington and Kansas here after Dover are going to be, I think, two really strong tracks for us. Their places. um Historically, I've been able to run well at, obviously, um, been able to win at Darlington before and, and hopefully, you know, be able to do that again. But Kansas, too, has been a good track for me over the last few years. And, um, you know, I think it's going to fit in well with kind of what our strengths have been this season with the 43 car. So I'm excited about those two coming up right away. Uh, there you go. Thanks. She hooked me up with the schedule. So, um, <laughs> you know, I feel really good about those two for sure. Charlotte, again, will be another good one for us. Um and then really Nashville, Atlanta, a lot of places through the summer. I really just love the summer stretch of races uh, in the Cup Series. I love racing in the hot weather. Uh, so all those things, I think, are going to play pretty good for us. Eric, you know, looking ahead to this weekend at Dover, I, I get to race with you guys on Sunday. Uh, I was doing a little bit of sim work yesterday at Dover, and 
I even had to ask uh, our engineers, I said, is this what we think it's going to be like? Because this is a lot of on-throttle time and the car's bouncing around. So, you know, give a, a perspective of to the fans of what you think it's going to be like. Because I think we're going to be carrying a lot of speed and these cars are going to be bouncing around and we're going to be hanging on. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I felt similar things uh, in the simulator and, and even looking at previous races this year, just with some of the speed we've, we've been carrying at places, I've been pretty pretty surprised by that. Um, the bouncing is obviously something I think everybody's dealing with, you know, finding that balance of, of um, performance and comfortability in the car is something you're always constantly fighting a bit uh, with the next-gen car. So it'll be interesting to see how that is, especially when the track gets rubbered up. It seems like it always gets worse at Dover uh, with the bouncing and everything like that. So uh, it's going to be tough. Dover's always tough, so up and down, hit or miss for me. I feel like sometimes we go there really well, other times we really struggle. So um, I'm looking forward to it, though, with this car and seeing – and then also, too, shifting, right? I, I, I'm interested to see if we'll be trying to shift it over. Mm. It seems like every other track we've went to, we've done that. So uh, it'd be a lot of fun trying to grab fourth gear getting down the hill there. That's an interesting point. And think about maybe shifting it over. That's going to be crazy. Got a couple of folks who have called in at 844-NASCAR NBC to chat with you. James in New York has a question for you. James, go ahead. You're on with Eric Jones. Hey, uh, how you doing there, Eric? I'm good. All right. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, since you won at Dover for the Xfinity Series with Joe Gibbs Racing in 2016 and coming off your strong run at uh, Talladega, does that give you more confidence going into uh, Dover next weekend as well as the 2022 season? Well, I, I think a bit. You know, I um, like I mentioned, Stover's just been a hit or miss track for me, and I felt like uh, the Xfinity race there we won a while back, uh, I felt like I really had it figured out and figured out what I, you know, what I needed to do. And from that race, I've really changed my approach, my driving style a lot to Dover. I think some of the things I was doing that day probably weren't right um, totally on my end. We just had a pretty good car and, and ended up in a good spot at the end of the race and took advantage of it. Um, you know, and then the cup cars, too, are just a lot different compared to the Xfinity cars then. So I think maybe this car... Uh, we'll relate to that a little bit more with the throttle time that you're carrying, or at least it seems like we're going to be carrying. But, you know, for sure, just the confidence and the momentum off of, uh, off of Talladega is great. You know, we've been having a couple of hit or miss races, just having issues and things not go the way we wanted it to. So just nice to have a good finish, get some points back going our way again, and um, hopefully get that same thing going. We just need to stockpile some points. You know, we're, we're so close to that playoff mark right now, you don't want to put yourself in a spot where you lose a big chunk in one week uh, so it's nice. Hopefully we can just gain a lot of points here over the next uh, month or so. Eric, you definitely are doing a great job being right there on the playoff bubble. I want to go back to what you said there about driving style and this new car. I think it's been a transition adjustment for everyone. You guys have obviously benefited from this. You mentioned Dave Ellens coming over and some of the improvements the team has made. But what have you changed as a driver? What has stuck out to you that you've had to do different in this car that maybe has attributed to your guys' increase in performance that you're showing in this 2022 season? Well, I mean, I think it's just kind of pushing the boundaries of what guys are, are fighting. And I look to even back at Auto Club earlier this year, we were really strong. Uh, Vegas, you know, a lot of that was entry. Some of the guys weren't feeling too comfortable on, on entry speed, and I felt like we were excelling there. So you're always just kind of trying to take advantage of that and figure out the driving style too, right? I feel like uh, what we've done a good job of is, you know, I think a lot of guys really preferred pretty loose handling race car and in and, and my mind myself and it had adapted to driving something a little bit snugger over the last few years and i think it's just helped a lot with the next gen car you can't you can't really hang this car out and and, and try to rip it like you could the old car you got to be a little bit more patient with it and a little bit easier on it you know the 
the corrections are so fast and so hard to make with the steering and the tires combined it's easy to get yourself in a bad situation and, and also the lack of side force so the approach is quite a bit different at these faster tracks and and that's going to apply to dover as well uh this weekend but you know i think really it's just been a combination of things as well as car speed too with with dave coming on board and having a blank slate you know he he's not going off of anything from the old car he's really approaching it as a totally new vehicle uh, and he's able to kind of take advantage of that and not having anything go back on history wise so it's a combination of a lot of things, but the car does uh, does do quite a bit different. Well, whatever it is, Eric, it's working, so run with it, right? Sorry it wasn't the win at Talladega, but congrats on the continued success. You guys have been up front continuously. It's nice to see you. Enjoy Dover this weekend, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Eric Jones joining us here. Always nice to have him. AJ, I figured we would go to the break with the real star of the show so far. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Talladega. Brad Darty coming up as well. There's Mr. Tickles and Mrs. North Carolina. Oh, yeah, the other guy. The, who's that on the right, anyway? The Nobody, nobody's paying attention not, to the guy on the right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody's paying attention to Tara and Tickles. It's officially grilling season at the Home Depot. So don't miss Memorial Day savings on grills happening now so you can celebrate with a backyard barbecue for the whole block. Step up your grill game and serve up a feast with the Next Grill 4-Burner Gas Grill with durability to last summer after summer. On special buy, only $199. Get ready for a whole summer of entertaining at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know what happens when you get a part-time TV guy in here who used to be full-time TV guy? He's like, hey, can we see that schedule when we come back from break? Because you're excited about this, AJ. Yeah, it- I, uh, you know, there were so many years I felt like in NASCAR, it, it, and the same so thing. it was the same schedule, and it Maybe it was just for me. I hated the middle of this schedule. Like it <laughs> right. never went very well. So this looks fun. Yeah, you got you got you know Charlotte. Then we go to Gateway, which mm-hmm. is worldwide technology now. That's mm-hmm. going to be new. Sonoma, Nashville was great last year. Road America, Atlanta. I mean, you, so it's a, a different mixture of racetracks instead of where it used to be just one bland middle of a schedule. You know, you know I see there is some craziness for you because you somehow signed up to run 600 miles at Dover this weekend. Yeah. And then on St. Louis weekend, you somehow signed up to race Portland on Saturday and then St. Louis on Sunday. Did you not do that math on that flight time? Or how did that, how did that come about? So Chris Rice and Matt Colleague <laughs> said, pick 16 races. This was in October, and I thought, that sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> and then I just happened to throw out, like, hey, let's, let's do Gateway. Yeah. And then they came back and said, well, you know, that's the same week as Portland. I said, all right, no big deal. And then they said, wait, no, the sponsor wants you to do it. So, yeah, yeah we're, so we're you're doing, on an airplane yeah. Saturday night. So there you Hopefully go. Hopefully we're celebrating you know, yeah. on an airplane hey, Saturday night. Could, hey, AJ, AJ, your life is so tough. <laughs> Just don't you know. I'm, I'm really. Parker is willing to swap. Really upset for you. Yeah. Come pit report with us every week. Yeah. Um, hey, one real quick thing on Talladega before we put a, a button on that weekend. I found it interesting, a couple, couple of philosophy changes, and I'd love to get your guys' take on it. Most notably to me, Martin Truex Jr., he never would run at the front of a super speedway race. I mean, ever. He was always out back, you know, where you used to like hang out in the cup races. So what is the benefit? Because clearly it worked. He ran top five all day long, finished top five. What is the benefit, AJ, of, of deciding to race versus running in the back? Well, I'm, I'm curious, and, and, you know, you'd have to ask that 19 team and Martin Truex Jr. himself really is, okay, 
Are you tired of just running at the back because you get wrecked back there anyway? <laughs> I mean, and we've all experienced it. Parker, you've experienced it. Yep. Or is it the fact that at Daytona, they went out there and realized, you know what? It's, it's hard to pass. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really hard to pass. You need the track position. So they went into that to Talladega over the weekend and said, we have to run up front if we can all day because you can't get shuffled to the back and drive your way forward. So, yeah, that, that would be the interesting thing, Parker, is, you know, do you think it, it was just tired of running at the back or they knew that they had to run up front all day? Well, I think anyone gets tired of wrecking at the back especially, so that's just a given. But I, I don't like to mm-hmm. agree with you, but I'm going to have to agree with you here that I think this is really just a product of how this racing has changed with this next-gen car where it's incredibly hard to pass, right? It looks like, to me from the outside, this is going back to the mid-2000s in the way you race super speedways mm-hmm. in terms of track position mattering a huge amount. You, you know, you've got to find your friends out there. You're going to have to make that car handle at times. And I think, you know, we... We're seeing a, a super speedway racing that we haven't seen for a while. And I think that makes it that you have to change your strategies, right? You've got to evolve with the sport, just like the crew chief has to evolve with the changing technology. The teams have to evolve. The schedule evolves. You've got to evolve as a driver and your strategy and how you go out there and drive that race car. And I just think when you look how hard it was to go from, you know, outside the top 10 or outside the top 15 to finding yourself in the top five, you had no choice. If you had track position, you got you had to fight for it and hold on to it. I think the you know Martin Truex just acknowledged that very early on. They had the track position via you know being fast uh, in qualifying and therefore was able to hold on to it throughout that race and saw that look, I need to be here. If I go back, I'm not going to just you know take two laps and drive myself forward or tandem with someone else, someone else and find myself passing 20 cars. You know this is not available to us. So you've just got to fight for the track position and hold on to it. And I think that's what they were looking to do. You know, Parker, the other interesting one to me was Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, they decided, obviously, as an organization, we're going to make our cars more raceable. And they always show up at Daytona and they want to be on the pole, right? They said, forget qualifying. We want to race better. Do you think that's a trend for them moving forward? Because they wound up with three in the top ten and William Byron led the most laps in the race. Well, I think that's a team that obviously is always thinking forward and always sort of trying to, uh, especially the super speedways, put themselves in a great position, as you mentioned, in terms of having that speed in qualifying. And we saw those years where they had a ton of speed in qualifying, but then those cars were incredibly hard to drive in the races when you got the pack. But what you see there on your screen right now, three of those Hendrick Motorsports cars working together, that, Mm -hmm. to me, is what those guys are doing so well. I know it's all about manufacturers now at the super speedways where you've got to go of your Chevy teammates or your Toyota teammates or your Ford teammates. But when I look at those HMS cars, they are hooked up. They're finding each other. We saw it over the last couple of years. You always see them trying to sort of be together at some point, and that's what they did so well this past weekend. When you saw that at any, any point, they were somewhat connected or trying to get in position to be connected, which, AJ, I think you know a little bit about uh, from the Xfinity series with your colleague <laughs> teammates because I think I've seen you guys basically orchestrate at the front of these races Three cars at once. I've never seen that before, you guys. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, the Xfinity field is is uh, figured that out. Yeah, so yeah. they did everything they could at Talladega <laughs> to make sure, like, it was not going to happen. And the difference in Xfinity is there's so many mm-hmm. Chevys. So, of course, Chevy wants us to work together. But because there's so many cars of, of Chevys in general over Ford and Toyotas, not all the Chevy teams really want to work together because that that's, like, over half the field. So... But we, we tried our best. 
Yeah, you guys, you tried your best. That's a good point. Hey, speaking of uh, former colleague drivers, I want to give a shout-out to your boy, Justin Haley. Well, he's still a colleague driver. Uh, he's still a colleague. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Former colleague drivers in the Xfinity Series. There you go. Who are right. now in the Cup Series. Yeah. yeah, I should have said that whole thing. Uh, he did a fantastic job Sunday. He was in the top. He was in a spot to maybe get up there and win this thing. I'm yeah. sure you were screaming at the TV. Like, oh, uh, well, you got to be careful. But you know, <laughs> Justin's going to start texting me like, did Chris Rice call you? Like, am I not on the team anymore? Uh, no. It, uh, Justin Haley is an amazing super speedway driver. Yeah. Uh, he, he's great at all the racetracks. But super speedways, I'm still learning from Justin. I, I'm always trying to pick his brain in these Xfinity races of, okay, like, how do I lead the pack? How do I keep everybody kind of in order? When is it the right time to make a move? He was doing a great job running inside the top five all day uh, and just kind of got shuffled out there. As, that, as the pack started moving around, that mm-hmm. Kurt kind of got under him, got him in the middle, and, and nobody really worked with him. And that's the trouble as, you know, per se, he's not a rookie in the Cup Series, yeah. but, you know, he's still a rookie to me in the Cup Series. It's hard to get people to work with you. So once he got shuffled, nobody really went with him. He still ended up 12th. He's had a lot of bad luck this year. He'd be inside the top 20 in points easily. But definitely did a great job, like always, at the super speedway races. AJ, I had him on my fancy team. So you know he was going to be a good super speedway. So I just want you to know that real quick. Who didn't you have him? You've like nine drivers that were on your team. But I, I just want to say, you know, what he's done so well at the super speedways is you kind of acknowledge it was, you know, we, we've seen him have the success. He has been someone that you've seen put himself in position and then sit there and let the race come to him. And I think you've seen that happen so often that there's others in the sport that are maybe taking notice of, wait a second, that might be the strategy going forward is get yourself in position and then let the race unfold for you. And I think that's something he does so well. And it's been so successful for him at the Super Speedways that I, uh, I think you know, he's going to continue to have that success as long as he sticks with that strategy. Hey, Parker, you know what we're doing next? We're talking to Brad Doherty. He's going to give you a lesson on how to say his last name. Is not, that okay? You, you ready for that? Not the singer. Yeah. No, not the singer. Not the singer. Brad Darty joins us next. Hopefully the big guy is going to give us a pep talk. The former owner for A.J. Allmendinger, Brad Darty, will be here next. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Buy bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome back to Motor Mouse. Uh, joining us now, Brad Doherty. Hey, Brad, look who we have in the studio today. Do you know this guy to my left? Yes, you sir. you ever seen him before, hey, perhaps? I, I have. We've got a cup banner hanging in our shop. It's because of that young <laughs> man right there. I'll tell you what. Mark. AJ Allmendinger is such a race car driver, and uh, I'd love to have him going to Dover this weekend in a cup car. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I did. I did try to post up Brad one time in a one-on-one. That didn't go well. I did a step back. <laughs> yeah. He 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 blocked it. He blocked it with his elbow. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, stepped exactly. back and he stepped between my legs. He went right between his jaws. So, yeah. <laughs> oh Lord Almighty. Uh, well, awesome to have you here, Brad, as always. So hey, your boy Ross, yeah. Ross Chastain shaping up to be all of a sudden not only a race winner, is he a championship-winning contender here? You think, Brad? Well. 
you know, I think that, you know, Ross obviously is very aggressive and he's taking advantage of these opportunities when he's been able to get, you know, get his race car out front. I mean, he's like a dog chasing the bowl. He gets after it. So, you know, it, the, the big thing is going to come through June when these bigger teams really start to get their act together. Um, is he a championship contender? Why, why, why couldn't he be? You know, they're going to have to get through the dog days of June, not make mistakes, uh, not, you know, not have things happen on pit road, not wreck race cars, but as of right now, heck yeah. But I'm, I'm listening to that, that, that big loud rumbling over there in, in Charlotte. And it's that, that Toyota brand. I'm telling you, they're, they've been a little <laughs> bit behind, but they're coming. They're coming. And so we got to get ready for that. Brad, you know, you, you speak on, on this the season so far and, and, you know, the success that Ross has had. Uh, you know, with your organization there at the 47, I mean, you've had a, I mean, a lot of bad luck, let's call it what it is. I oh. think you've Whew. had about four motors blow up. You've gotten wrecked in some. Yeah. I think you've probably only finished yeah. two out of nine races so far. So I always love talking to you when I drove for you oh. about your, your background in the NBA, your background just – uh, mentally, because so much yeah. of this is mental at times. You know, what do you tell your race team right now to try to keep the spirits up? Because we know how much of a grind this sport is when it's good, let alone when you're having all this yeah. bad luck. Oh, it, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, the tough part of the season, we haven't even gotten to it yet. And we're in such a <laughs> hole. It's, it's really, really, I've, I've run out of things to say. I went over to the shop. I've been giving pep talks. I, I don't know. I mean, we had three weekend straight where we had motor issues that just killed us uh then had two wrecks you know obviously we were gonna win the daytona 500 i was already counting that money brad keselowski jacked us up <laughs> wrecked us five laps to go we go to atlanta we are hauling the mail in atlanta we cut a right rear tire knocked the fence down this past weekend man we uh, you know i told ricky on monday i said look you know all we need is one good weekend and this could be it we got to we got to change our luck. We got to change our direction. We had the right attitude. We go down, didn't qualify well, but immediately he got that thing up into the top 10. We're just tooling around. Bubba runs over Logano. He bounces off the fence, and lo and behold, who's he going to hit? <laughs> Who is he going to hit? <laughs> the only car he's going to hit is my race car. just got to you gotta you know and you go back to basketball you go back to these other sports the difference is though you know if i had a bad minute or two in a basketball game i could do something about it right now you know in this sport it's it's almost like golf aj you know you can hit a bad shot that doesn't mean you're going to hit a good shot the next shot it just can compound itself so for a team our size we've got to minimize the mistakes from here forward you know we can't speed on pit road We've got to have decent pit stops. We've got to keep and maintain track position. And I think we're seeing that, especially with these cup cars, you have to maintain track position. You can't make mistakes because it's too hard to race up through the field. So, man, I don't know. I, I, it, it's, it's tough right now. It is tough. I opened up the cupboard, and I looked inside the cupboard, and there was a mouse in there, and he had a tear coming out of his eye because there wasn't no cheese in the cupboard. <laughs> It's tough right now, man. Uh, but this is the week. Hey, Brad, just so you know, AJ and I spent 30 minutes walking around the office looking for a good luck charm. We haven't found one yet, but we're still working on it. Obviously, obviously, keep looking. Yeah. 
Brad <laughs> has seen my golf game because he realizes a bad shot equals a, probably another bad shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Parker. Parker you can't your compounding turn. mistakes, AJ. It's not how it works. Let's, let's try and find some positives here, Brad. You mentioned for a race Please. team your size. You know, this next-gen car, I looked at your race team as being sort of the prototypical race team that this car was made for. Yeah. This was supposed to be, you know, the, the catalyst to changing things, to changing your competitive nature, your ability to go up there and win races. Has there been positives that you guys have seen with this new car maybe it's speed some weekends or areas yeah. you feel like hey look we know if we can just get all this other stuff aside because of these positives we're going to be more competitive than we were say a year ago oh without question i mean you look at the first five races of the season uh you know we go to daytona we go to fontana we run 10 um you know we've had incredibly fast race cars we go to vegas i mean we are flying um, so we're, we're excited about that. Um, we know in the end that, like I say, the big teams will catch up. They'll pass you. They'll do the things you, that they got to do. But for me, what's been interesting is to watch guys, you know, the smaller teams drive these race cars and outrun these guys who are supposedly the best that's ever done it. I think what we're seeing is there's a lot of talented race car drivers throughout this entire field. You know, they get out resourced eventually. But they're just as good as that guy who we we're calling a Hall of Famer. I think that's what that's what I've seen. Uh, I'm watching Ross Chastain. I'm watching Tyler Reddick. Uh, I'm watching Christopher. Be- I'm watching these guys go out. Daniel Suarez. My goodness, man! And they're waxing these guys who, for the last 25 years, have had these incredible databases to go to these racetracks, these mile and a half racetracks, whatever, out mile an hour and turn the corner. <laughs> They can't do that now. So, yeah, I, I've seen – we see the benefit in this, this you know, the way – this race car. Uh, you know, the big thing with it now is trying to keep up with the, the you know, computational fluid dynamics. That's going to hurt us a little bit because incrementally, all of those big teams are going to get faster and faster and faster. And for us, you know, it's always a little bit of catch-up, and we're always trying to catch up to that. But, yeah, I love it. The only thing I've got to complain about – is the pieces and parts. And we're not talking about that enough. Hmm. Uh, it's hard. And, you know, we have these single source suppliers. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I really don't care because I'm old and I'm crazy. I don't care. <laughs> you know, we budget these. This was supposed to be a great, you know, opportunity economically for our race teams to budget. Well, our parts are coming in sometimes three or four times over hmm. our budget, cost wise. We got a single source supplier, there's no competition. You know, so we need some help with that because it's crazy. Our budgets are, are out of whack. We're not going to save any money on our budgets like we're supposed to. So we got to fix that. But race car wise, racing wise, absolutely. I think you put really talented race car driver in this race car. He can go make some things happen. So real quick on that, Brad, uh, I have another question, but I want to ask you car wise coming into the year, but it was all hand ringing. Oh, no, we're going to be out of cars. We're not going to make it. Are the teams okay? Car count-wise, to just continue on through the summer, how's that been? Yeah, we, we, we still have to watch it somewhat. Um, you know, we, the, the carnage of these race cars is not good. Uh, we're getting better. We're getting a few more pieces and parts to build the extra cars as the weeks go on. It's not as fast as we want. We wanted to have a be able to stockpile a surplus before the season, obviously. We're not quite to that level, but we are seeing more pieces and parts come in a little bit more expeditiously. But we need more. Everyone needs more because, um, you know, a smaller team, we can get by. But the bigger teams, these three and four car teams, man, it's a little bit thin right now. So you got to be careful with these race cars. But 
The good thing is they're durable. We're seeing that, which is great. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's not where we want it to be, but it is getting a little bit better. I'll ask you a broader sports question and ask you to apply it to NASCAR. I don't know if you've kept up with the exchange, if you will, between Charles Barkley and Kevin Durant. <laughs> and in essence, the value of championships is, a, is an easy way to put it. But I want to ask it like this. How do you measure success, Brad? Yeah, I think in, in racing, basketball, any sport, you know, outside of what we talked about, golf and tennis, where you're by yourself, you know, I, I think you have to really look at the entire team. You know, and what Charles Barkley's saying to Kevin Durant, now that, that's an old adage that a lot of guys have talked about in the NBA because you'll have guys who are parts of teams. They get to play with Steph Curry or LeBron James, and they win a championship, and, and they, they can't play dead in the Western. They just happen to be on the team. But, <laughs> but we, you know, on this side, sometimes, you know, we create these hypotheticals of, of champions because, it's, you know, from the media side, we, all, we always want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of that, that story, that narrative. Same thing in racing. It's all about your team. You can have the most talented guy in the world, but if he doesn't have a good team, he is gonna have, it's going to be a bad day. Uh, but if you have a, an incredible team, an incredible platform, you put a, a, a talented race car driver in there, they're going to go win races. They're going to go win races. So that's the reality of it. And I think that's what's great. That's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing Ross Chastain. You know, we're, we're seeing Austin Sindrick. We're seeing these, these young guys who shouldn't be doing this, doing it because they're talented. Tyler Reddick's going to one of these days rip off three races in a row and people are going to be like, what in the world? Because he's talented. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And the guys that we thought were, you know, oh, my goodness, the greatest ever, they said, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. So, yeah, that's my, my take on it. Hmm. So, Brad, I mean, with, with the way you talk about that, you know, I always once told Brad we would have these conversations, and I said, yeah, there's one problem. I said, in racing, Brad, there's no guarantee that we're ever going to win, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, right. Wor- the, yeah, worst, right. the worst sports teams – still at least win a couple of games. I mean, even if you go 0-16 in NFL, you probably win a game at least once the next year. Uh, so, Brad, with that said, even and talking about the tough start that your team has had, what is what is success for the 47 yeah. team the rest of this year? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's a great question. So, for us starting the season, we're like, man, if we can go out and we can win one of the super speedway races, Ricky's really good there, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, and for us, you know, I always keep telling our guys, look, we've got about – you know, there's a second tier of race cars that we should race against every weekend. You know, we look at the, the, the Austin Dillons and those type of guys as the guys that we're trying to outrun or run with. So you look at where we finish in the points. You know, if we finish inside top 16, top 17, that's a successful season for us. I mean, we're, as you know, we're a smaller race team. You know, the only thing we take a lot of pride. Uh, we're probably the only cup team. Our size, we are, we are the only cup team. Well, the only race teams our size. We build everything. We build our race cars from the ground up. The only thing we get is a power plant from, from HMS. And so we take a lot of pride in that. And so uh, we want to go and, and show up and race hard and win. But if we make a mistake, if we speed on, speed on pit road or if we have a bad pit stop, we're back in the suit, man. And AJ, as you know, man, we used to put you back there all the time. It's a dog fight back there, man. <laughs> it's elbows and you know what up back there, boy. These boys are getting after it. It's a hornet's nest, man. Because I stand and watch that. I st- when AJ drove for us, we'd mess up. He'd drive his wheels off the race car. And you put him back there. Same thing with Ricky. 
And that's where my focus is. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, my goodness, these guys are all, they're trimmed out. They're on there. NBC should be watching these guys. That's the race. These cats are getting after it, man. So, you know, so right now we just got to recover. We're in a big hole. We've got to salvage a season by, by maximizing it. And that's right. I don't know if we can put numbers on it because we're so far behind, but we got to go each weekend and, and, and try to be successful. We get top 15, get a top 10, you know, get a chance to run inside, you know, run in the top five. That's going to be a successful day. As far as our season, it's a huge hole. We got a, such a big deficit, man. I, I don't know what, I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like, to, but the day don't look too good. No doubt, it's been tough, and you uh, you're right about that back of the pack racing. That's some of the toughest races you'll ever do in NASCARs uh, outside the top 20 in the Cup Series. But I want to go back to something you said there about some of the drivers. You maybe have said that maybe we thought they were the best or they were the top drivers, and now maybe this car is exposing that there's more talent to the field. And sort of off that question of valuing championships. When you look at someone like uh, Denny Hamlin or Kevin Harvick that raced against the Jimmy Johnson era, right? And I don't know great yeah. comparisons in other sports. I know you're so much better at that than me. How do you value what someone's career looks like when they go up against something that's like a dynasty, like a Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss in that era? You know, and how do you look at them and their career and valuing their success? Yeah, see, I, I, that's what I always find interesting. You know, you look at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and there's iconic names throughout that you know, the entire, you know, Hall of Fame. But look at the teams that these people are affiliated with. They're always the biggest, most, you know, the deepest, you know, they have the most resources. So that leads to success. And when you look at Kevin Harvick or or Denny Hamlin, and you go back to that Jimmy Johnson era where he and Chad dominated, you know, it's because they're playing, they're at a different level. They're playing a different game than a lot of the rest of us because of their resources. And, and that's no, that's not sour grapes, man. I, I wish I had all those resources as a race team. Oh, you'd never hear the end of it. You'd never hear the end of it. We'd be waxing your behind and I'd be letting you know about it. That's why I don't have it, you know? So you, uh. it, it's hard to put that in perspective. But I will say this about race car drivers, you know, you take a, a really good basketball player and, or, a, or, a, or a great basketball player and put him on a, an okay team that basketball player can carry that team to a certain level. But I'm going to tell you what, you take a great race car driver and you put him in a a mediocre race car, he's going to race mediocre. So I think that's Mm. the difference to me in, in, in all of sports to be a great race car driver. You, as far as we're concerned on the media standpoint, that's how you have to be on a great team. You're not going to be a great race car driver and be on a small team, mid-level team. It doesn't happen. It will not happen. You can't out-resource those guys. You can't do it. It is indeed a team sport, and a lot of people forget that, Brad. And we always feel yep. a little more motivated after we talk to you. Good good hanging out. We'll see you next week. Okay, bud? Oh, man, we're going to whip them at Nova. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. <laughs> this is the That's week. our boy, Brad Darty. <clears throat> as he mentions, we'll talk Dover next. Big Brad's going to keep on going with a motivational speech. We'll talk about Dover coming up in a second. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. 
Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey guys, we have a jam-packed weekend for you. A little bit of everything there, AJ. Look at that. Supercross Saturday. IndyCar from Alabama. By the way, Joseph Newgarden can win $1 million as a bonus if he wins the race Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, great job by me picking this weekend to race both races, <laughs> so I can't really watch any of this. IMSA as well, which uh, Parker's going to be busy with. So we got a busy weekend coming up this weekend. So Dover, obviously, our Twitter question of the day, who is going to win the Dover race? We will get to our picks in just a minute. We'll go back to the phones at 844-NASCAR-NBC. NASCAR is on with us. Ask Carl, who are you picking this weekend, bud? I'll tell you what. Obviously, I'm going to go with my favorite driver, Ryan Blaney. I mean, he's him and Chase are gobbling up these these stage points. He uh, he's had a couple uh, good finishes, but he's been, he's right there. He's on the cusp. I'm telling you, statistically, not his best track, but I'm picking Ryan Blaney to take the Monster Mile this weekend. Very good. I think that's a good pick. He's always very strong at Dover. So I think that's going to be a big question mark is who's going to be good. I can make an argument, AJ and Parker, like, I don't know who's going to be good this weekend because this new car is throwing so many curveballs. Like, what's going to happen? I have no clue what's going to happen this weekend. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is probably the the toughest challenge that the next-gen car is going to have hmm. at least up to date, maybe all year. Because wow, really? the, the loads that you have, when you drop down into the corner, the loads that you feel through the race car, these cars are stiff, they bounce. The, the loads that are going to be through these, these bigger tires, through all the suspension pieces, I don't think we know really what to expect. So, hmm. you know, Parker, I, you're, you all, your fantasy team, you've already, <laughs> well, you've yeah, already figured that out. <laughs> Yeah, so who, yeah, who's, yeah. who's going to win this weekend, Parker? Well, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to make that pick, but I'll tell you who's not on my fantasy team. It's A.J. Almdinger. Uh, that guy's wow. doing two oh, races on the man. weekend. He told me he's, he's got right to be here. in the gym twice. I'm not feeling good about you walking in that, you know, ready for that cup race. I'm not feeling that speed there. I think, though, when you look at it, it is a ton of unknowns. This place, you know, how is the tire going to lay rubber on the track this weekend is a huge unknown to mm. me after what we've seen out of this car where it has laid a ton of rubber at some places and then we had Martinsville where it did basically none. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. You mentioned, you know, the test for this car durability-wise. Like, I, that's going to be a tough thing to figure out. So I think this is a really tough race. Eric Jones mentioned the possibility of maybe shifting. Who knows? There's so many unknowns. Wow. I think uh, I look at guys maybe that just have been successful at Dover in the past, and maybe Kevin Harvick, this is a weekend that he could be looking at as uh, one very strong for the four car. So that's one I'll keep my eye on, and eye on when we get to practice and qualifying. All right, I'm putting you down for Kevin Harvick. Uh, because you're doing double races, does that mean double workouts this well, week? Or so like, how'd that now, go? I did do the sim yesterday, and, and I, as I said to Eric Jones, I asked my engineers, I was like, is this what – it's actually going to feel like because I was kind of worn out in the sim. I'm like, oh, my no, goodness. I'm, like, I'm going to have to start doing double gym days leading up to it. Then I realized I'm pretty old, and I'm, yeah. uh, that, that could wear me out a little too much for the race, so I decided not to do the double gym day. I went gym uh, range golf oh, course. Oh, that, yeah, that, that counts, then, doesn't it? All right, who's TV your pick? Show. We got about... And then TV show. Yeah, and then, and then TV, TV show. show. TV yeah, show. Yeah, this yeah. was the hardest He's part. He's got it down pat. Yeah. We all want to live in. AJ's life, right, Parker? <laughs> yeah. All right, he went with Kevin Harvick. Who you got? Oh, I'm picking right now. Um, I'm going to go Christopher Bell. Really? Because, you know, this is a racetrack. We, we, 
We're not gonna. We don't. Not as we I talked about, we don't know what these cars are gonna do. Yeah. But I think you're gonna have to start dancing them around a little bit, especially if you get some rubber laid down. Cars gonna be sliding around. Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott for me. We'll see you back here Monday, and we'll recap Dover. See you then. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef, and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.